Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 16, Last Stand. So, the end of this one yeah, made it, it seem like there was supposed to be another part. I know, because it just, like, stops. Yes. It's There's a very no, interesting choice. Yeah. And they did talk about it a bit in the commentary, but mostly about, like, why they chose to shoot it that way, like staying on Elliot and not like actually showing the Jaffa troops, like finding him. But there was no discussion about why it just stopped there. Why they made it seem like there could, could or could not be a third part. Yeah. And the thing is like, it's nothing that happens is ever talked about again. There's never any mention of like Lieutenant Elliot ever again. There's never like nothing. Man. Really? Yeah. The just poor kid done. who died on his first mission? Uh, yeah, and he's just, that's it. He's done. Oh, so. boo. Yeah. I wonder it's if there's, like, a wall time. somewhere of, like, fallen Stargate soldiers. The red shirts? You know, like like they do for the FBI. Oh, just or... one a star on the wall somewhere? Yeah. I don't there know. Should be, there should be there's... a Stargate. Stargate wall. Oh, like in the, like in the SG, like in the show or like in the real world for the actors? Are you talking about like for the characters or for the actors? Somewhere on the show for the characters. Oh, that would be, there should be. You would hope there was somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately it's a situation where your family will never know. That you I know. Even and like die on earth. I know, and they, they they don't have a body to, like, take back to his parents or anything. Like, yeah. he's just dead on another planet. Unless they did bring him home. Like, okay, well, well, well let's, let's, let's talk about All it right. when we actually, like, get there. We're jumping ahead <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> At the end. Yes. All right. Okay. So, this episode originally aired on March 29th, 2022. Or 2002. Why do I keep doing that? 2002. Not... 2002. 2002, not 2022. March 29th, 2002. Many Um, years ago. Yes. It was written by Robert C. Cooper, who did not write part one. That was, again, that was Joan Paul. And directed by Martin Wood, who is the same director. So we had the same director for both parts, but different writers, which, you know, makes sense, I guess. On the commentary, we have Martin Wood, Robert Cooper, and James Titchener. Um, also on this DVD is Michael Shanks's video diary, and there's a little bit from the tomb, but most of it was done during uh, the Summit and Last Stand filming. So if you're interested in that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, go check it out on the DVDs. There's some kind of fun stuff in there. And or perhaps the internet, we don't know. Perhaps. You know, I wish they would put, like, special features and stuff on the streaming services if they exist on the DVDs and things. Sometimes they do if you actually officially rent something, but I don't know about yeah. free streaming stuff. Yeah, there's a couple, you know, movies I've purchased on Vudu that do have, you know, behind the scenes and the gag reel and stuff in like a special mm-hmm. features section on there. But yeah, that would be nice. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so in this episode, Dr. Jackson's undercover mission to a Gould summit is complicated by the arrival of a surprise guest. Meanwhile, the rest of the team is buried under the surface of the Tok'ra homeworld after a Gould attack. Da-da-da. Do we ever find out what the symbols on Daniel's armbands mean? Um, that's just you symbol. That's like the same symbol his Jaffa have. 
Ah. He's like sister so lord he, symbol. Nice. If if you pay attention, you you know, yes. <laughs> it's never explicitly. If said, you but. pay attention, it's you all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> ah. Who's on first? No. Um <laughs> Uh, okay, so we start with a previously on that recaps last week's episode, and then this week, this episode picks up right where Summit left off with Osiris confronting Daniel in Yu's chambers. She even has a knife, which she pulls and, like, threatens him with it, because of course she does. L- luckily, question mark, she gets close enough that Daniel's able to dose her with that real chemical and convince her that he is Yu's servant. Lucky that so, didn't have left. I know. It's like, how much was in there? Because it's not, yeah, it's not a lot. I don't know. But apparently there was enough left to be able to dose one more person. I just like Michael Shanks's like fear slash convincing, like the expression that he gives as he's holding, you know, said person. He's done it both times of just like the intense eye contact of please work. It's like, please work, please work. Please work questioning, fear, convincing. Yes. All sorts of emotions in the eyes. Yes. In yeah. the intenseness of the stare. Yeah. Yeah. So she leaves and Daniel gets back on the radio with Jacob, who's getting a little annoyed that Daniel hasn't released the poison yet, which he's not going to do because, of, you know, Sarah can't, can't kill Sarah. He lost Shara. He's not going to kill Sarah, too, now. Jacob doesn't care. This is too important. Release the poison. Complete the mission as we go to the opening credits. Back on Ravana, there's more troops amassing on the surface and down in the collapsed tunnels. Elliot suggests using the tunnel making crystals to make more tunnels to get out of there because they've been like, there's all the passageways have been like collapsed and blocked. So there are some of those crystals back in the lab, which hasn't been destroyed yet. And Sam suggests that Jack also grab a Tokoro communicator too while he's there so they can maybe try and get hold of Jacob or somebody at some point. Back at the summit, Osiris reveals that she is there on behalf of Anubis. Lies, yes, no, he's dead. Because apparently the Supreme Lords tried to murder him. And well, apparently apparently he's not dead, he's back. And either they allow him a place in the summit and back amongst the ranks of System Lord, or they like face his wrath, basically. Okay, so question, Um, did I miss? So they say, no, no, he's dead. But then Osiris just kind of talks about how people attempted to kill him. Yes. So do we ever find out how he was supposed to have actually died? I don't think we get that bit. But it seems like it was like all of the system lords tried to. So I don't know if it was like he was there amongst them and they all went like rawr and like pounced on him. Or if there was like, you know, a massive space battle. We don't, I don't think we get the actual here's how they tried to kill Anubis part of the story. There I don't think we have been some sort of, I'm just going to fake my own death for a while, lay low for a thousand years. No, because when we actually meet Anubis later, like in, I can't really say in the flesh, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm. They, they <sighs> this is like super spoiler. They, they actually like, they almost succeeded in killing him and then he figured out like how to ascend 
But then, you know, the ascended oh, beings didn't want right. him because he's a horrible person. So they like kicked him out, but it, he didn't come like all the way back. Oh, so he's like crap. half I totally ascended. I forgot about that. Yeah. I remembered the only thing I really remembered about him is being like a dark, shadowy, dementor kind of looking dude. Yeah, I did not remember that was why. Yeah, because kind of rewatches are fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, he, he doesn't completely have, like, a corporeal form anymore. That's completely. Right. Kind of there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, super spoiler, because uh, if for some reason you haven't watched all of Stargate before now, sorry. But it's really interesting when we get there. Don't worry. We haven't really spoiled anything. It, like, his, his story is actually quite interesting for being a, a horrible system lord, dictator person. Yeah. That writer should have gotten a promotion. Mm-hmm. So in the Toker lab, the bodies of the deceased have been removed because, you know, a bunch of people died in there, like Mansfield. And um, why am I blanking on her name? The Tokra lady, whose name? Oh, the person. Oh, no, don't don't even. <laughs> Rachel, what do you mean? You don't you don't know? Wouldn't that have been awesome if that was the one time I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. No, no, absolutely not. Uh... You know, the Tokra, they did the thing. That it we remembered from the other episode. Yeah, it starts with an R. Oh, I gotta go look it up because it's gonna annoy me. Renal. Renal. That's her name. Renal. So she was dead. Mansfield was dead. Bunch of people were dead, but the bodies aren't there anymore. Uh, it turns out they apparently were removed by the Jaffa that are still down there for some reason. I don't know why. But um, more Jaffa enter the lab and are quickly dispatched by Jack and Tilk. Daniel calls to Jacob from Hughes Quarters and lets him know that Anubis is back. And Selmak immediately comes out to speak and tells Daniel that Anubis was banished because his crimes were so unspeakable. Like, even to, like, the system lords, what Anubis was doing was that bad that they kicked him out. So, current plan is off because, as Daniel says that Jacob said, a bunch of Gould fighting among themselves is a lot better than one super power for Gould. And if they kill everybody that's there at the summit, then Anubis is just going to, like, suck everything up and become, like, the massive system lord of, like, the galaxy of everything. And it just bad everyone. news. Yes. Yeah. So, Daniel needs to say needs to stay and find out like what exactly is going on, get as much information as he can. So we know what's going on out there and might have a chance of fighting back against it. Uh, Sam and Elliot have a little chat in the tunnel and he's finding it very strange to suddenly know everything about two other people's lives and that Lantash is doing everything he can to save Elliot. And um, unfortunately, Elliot seems to have reached the pessimist stage of this mission and is sure they're going to die. And Sam tries to assure him that, you know, it'll be fine because that's what they do. As Sam says, you've read our mission files. We go through the gate, get into trouble, get out of it, and we go home. Which yeah, I like how she says that. You know, it's like if, if there was ever a summary of what the show is about, that that's it. That's the show. <laughs> that's the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, but it doesn't work. He's still just like, this is, and like... He's looking real rough too. Like the makeup they job they did on they him. Did, yeah. And like his his acting too. Like he's just like out of Very breath. Good. And like, yeah, he looks raw off. Um So do you think when they hired that guy to play the part, they told him immediately, like, by the way, you're gonna be brought in, like you're gonna be the next generation, but you're gonna die like two episodes later. So 
Well, or the, do you think he, it was like a rude awakening where he was like, I thought I was going to be like, I don't know. Passing of the helm. I don't know because he wasn't supposed to be in this episode. This was, this was supposed to be JR. Remember from last week? Like this was yeah. supposed to be JR as Martouf with Landash, but then JR wasn't available. So they had to bring somebody in. So they got Lieutenant Elliot. So yeah. Well, okay. Know. So maybe the other episode where they introduced him was really supposed to be his only one. And then they were like, Oh yeah. Because we People never see any of the other guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we never see any, of the other cadets from that episode again. So possibly maybe. Yeah. But anyway, so it doesn't work. He's all like, we're going to die. It's terrible. And Sam just tells him to like, let Lantash work and that Lantash needs him as much as he needs Lantash. Then there's another like explosion up on the surface. More of the ceiling collapses and it happens to cut off the route to the lab. Yay. Things are really looking awesome for you know, Ravana people. <laughs> yeah. Sam's face is just like, <sighs> again, now this, what else can go wrong? Don't say that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, up on Zapakna's ship, his first prime is giving him the rundown of what's happening, including that there are like earth humans among the dead. They also found the Jaffa that were recently killed by Jack and Tilk, but they have not found any trace of that chemical weapon. Zippy doesn't like that and orders them to find the survivors. He's like, get back to do your job. Find them. Find them and bring them to me. Find them. Down in the tunnel, Sam's trying to clear debris, and Amanda's doing a really stellar job at making styrofoam look super heavy. <laughs> and uh, Elliot tells Sam that, I don't know if he's talking about Martouf or Lantash or, like, both of them, because, you know, the Tok'ra are kind of one entity, even though they're two. Like, they all, whatever. But, like, that Lantash loves her. And she tries to brush it off as just her having been host to Jolinar, but no, like he loves her, Sam, as much as he loves Jolinar. Oh. And Lantash, Lantash feels horribly that Martouf died, but he wants to make sure that Sam knows it wasn't her fault. And also, it's starting to get hard to breathe down there, so. Mm. No. We have a quick jump back to the space station where Daniel discovers a giant vat of gold symbiotes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Down in the tunnels. We still Jack don't has, know what this. Were they doing the sound effect? We still don't know what that was. Do we, we? still don't know. So now, if we have new listeners, what what, what is this, this squeaky sound effect of, of the gold symbiote? Please, we've never, we need to we've know. We've never been able to find out what the nope. sound effect is or what combination nope. of weird squeaky animals make nope. up the gold symbiote, or if it's really just some guy just going. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Did they I'm get a hold of my does. laugh? Did they get a hold of my laugh and like tweak it? <laughs> yeah. I really, I do, I do hope it's just some guy like, but no, we don't know. It's not no. been confirmed or denied. <sighs> Still unknown. And will probably Someday. remain unknown till the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. I doubt it. Uh, that That's, that's the running gag for this podcast. Mm-hmm. What is the noise? Anyway. Yep. Uh, so down in the tunnels, Jack calls to Sam over the radio since the tunnel's blocked. Uh, they have the crystals, so how do they use them? Uh, Elliot says to use a short, perfectly square crystal, which will create a like a short, straight passage. And if they use the wrong one, they could collapse the tunnel further. So, okay, they think they have the right one. So they stick it in, and it works. 
There's yay, yay, Jack and Tuck reunited, yay. Um, they were not able to find a communicator, and also there's lots of Jaffa still down there. So Elliot instructs them on like what crystals to use and advises them to collapse the tunnel behind them so that the Jaffa can't follow, which Tilk does in the most badass way by letting everybody walk by him and then just flipping the staff weapon over his shoulder and firing it at the ceiling like a total badass. Yes, I did like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Osiris and you are talking in used quarters as Daniel prepares some tea. And they're discussing Anubis's return and if the other ghouls should allow such a thing. And Osiris is like, you need Anubis. And he's like, we don't need him. And she's like, well, you have Jaffa starting to rebel. The Tok'ra are still a huge pain in the ass. And now there's, you know, Earth causing problems. And yes, that's true. But and there, but there's that whole Asgard treaty thing that protects Earth from any ghouled attack. And Osiris is like, well, what about a ghoul who's been dead for a thousand years? Hmm. Mm. So if the ghoul vote to allow Anubis back in, he'll destroy Earth for them first. Oh, dong, dong, dong. Yeah. Finger. Yeah. That's... You know what's interesting about that scene, too, though, is they have Osiris whenever she's talking about Earth and or the, you know, humans of Earth. Um, she... She side eyes Daniel, and so you know you don't really know whether or not the uh, chemicals working as much. That's true. Yeah, like there might be something. It might be like a sort of a sub an a subconscious. Like there's something about that guy. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Back down in the Toker tunnels, things aren't looking super great. They're running out of crystals and they're running out of water. And Tilk is sure that the Jaffa are actually, like, looking for something specific because if all they wanted to do was kill the Chokra, that could have very easily been accomplished by just, you know, bombardment from the ships from the air. But the fact that they're actually down in the tunnels, like, looking around has him convinced that there's another reason that they're there. And he's like, ah, the the poison, possibly? Probably. They can't get it. You can't let the Jaffa get it. That would be terrible. Sam's like, well, they have to leave at some point, right? And even if they do leave the tunnels, there's no way they're going to leave Stargate unprotected. And, okay, well, Jacob and Daniel have to come back at some point. And then Elliot mentions that there will be a message being broadcast telling everybody to stay away. And they don't have a communicator, so they can't get in touch with anybody. So. Awkward. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. now? Yeah. Daniel calls Jacob to fill him in on what Anubis's plan is. Sadly, no specific details are available at this time. He then asks a very important question that I was also starting to wonder about. Why are the human slaves being allowed to hear all of the planning and scheming that's going on by the system lords? The Toker originally thought that the slaves would just have been killed after the summit, which they didn't tell Daniel about because Daniel was supposed to kill all of the system lords first and not be there. Okay, so that's not the plan. Okay. So, also, should Daniel be worried about the giant vat of symbiotes that he found? Is that, ah, that, okay, that may be that, mm, hmm. slaves, humans, symbiotes, hmm. So, Jacob tells Daniel to get the shield down, and Jacob will come get him, but Daniel's like, hold, not yet, like, g- like give me a minute. Mm-hmm. So, in the meeting room, it's time for the system lords to vote on Anubis's return, and they all vote yay, except for you, the system lord you, not you, you, but, you know. <laughs> Lord. You? You. Lord you. Yeah. Um, you. <laughs> luckily for Anubis, the vote doesn't have to be unanimous. So Anubis is in. 
Ball raises his hands, calls out in Gould, and something gets ringed into the chamber, and it's that vat of symbiotes. The system lords all approach, reach in to grab a symbiote, and then eat it. Oh. I don't just why. Yeah. Um, so fun fact, they were they the props had made like little like noodle noodle filled burritos. That's what oh. that's what the like the actors were actually biting into. So kind of they were, it kind of looks like fish to me, but no. Uh, noodles? Yeah. You like noodles and beans and like stuff that could be like CGI'd up to look like the innards of a symbiote. So yeah. and then, you know, CGI the rest of it and stuff. So um it does always kind of seem like a fun prop um, you know, challenge of like, okay, someone is going to eat this gross thing. Make it out of edible food. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, they did mention in the commentary that this actually served a a a point in sort of the larger story of Stargate, in that there's this sort of gaping plot hole of if there's all these like thousands and thousands and thousands of Jaffa that are incubating Gould symbiotes, where are all the Gould? Why aren't there more Gould out there, like system lords, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they're not, there aren't because they're, be, they're being eaten, apparently. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I also wondered, you know, they, they have the storyline in these episodes saying that the Gould population hasn't been growing either. Yes. And, and, and they say it's getting smaller or just staying the same. I think just it, not getting bigger. Yeah, it's not getting bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that this this would be why. Yep. There you go. Cannibalism. Is it kind uh, of maybe ish? I don't know. It, yes. I'm gonna go with yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's why. So down in the tunnels, they've decided that they're gonna try heading up to the surface. And Sam also asks Elliot about that message he said would be broadcasting, telling everybody to stay away. And the Tokra have long-range sensors that will detect incoming ships and also transmit signals into deep space. And can they be reprogrammed to tell Jacob to like not go away? Possibly, maybe. And so apparently there are four sensors. Each one is 25 miles due north, south, east, and west from the gate. So up to the service they go. Mm. Daniel is talking with Ball Lotar, who uh, I will be calling Kyle because he has no name anywhere. Mm. Like even on IMDb, like he he has no name. So I'm going to call him Kyle just so I can. Slave. Yes. Like Lotar. He's just like referred to as Lotar. And yeah. So he's he's now Kyle. (laughs) I've decided. Nice. It fits. Yeah, I think so. I thought so. Okay. So Kyle tells Daniel that the symbiote eating thing happens every night during the summit, which, cool, cool. Uh, That's awesome. Daniel also seems to be trying to get a handle on how Kyle feels about what's happening. And Daniel, like, talks about what the ghouls actually are, but kind of, like, on the slide, like, I think they're not gods. They're just these, you know, creatures. Uh, Surprisingly, Kyle agrees with Daniel. Which is like, that's interesting. Okay. He says it so casually, too. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Daniel then moves on to, like, what's going to happen to them after the summit. And that he's worried about, like, Lord Yu killing him. And Kyle's not worried about that. Okay. Daniel's then maybe also worried about getting implanted with the symbiote. And Kyle could only be so lucky to be granted such an honor. Daniel's like, honor? It's an honor to get a symbiote in your head? 
And Kyle describes it as the endless pleasure and the power of the Gould and the chance to one day ascend to the rank of system lord. So Kyle's been thoroughly brainwashed. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kyle. So the system lords are arguing with Osiris about Anubis and like the damage he's done to all of their fleets. And they want some kind of proof of Anubis's dedication to rejoining them. Either Osiris tells them what what Anubis is going to be doing or she leaves and Anubis is out. So Osiris says, as I have said before, Anubis believes that the greatest threat to the ghoul is that from within. As we meet here, the threat is being greatly weakened. Over the years, we have all lost a great deal to the infiltration, subversions, and rebellious acts of the Tok'ra. Today will will be henceforth known as the day the blood of the Tok'ra ran free and their rebellion ended for good. Oh, man. (sighs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. SG-1 has made it to the surface of Ravana, which is just like covered in craters from all the explosions. Sam's found some water, and we see Jack and Tilk making a stretcher for Elliot. There's still gliders in the area, and Sam estimates that they can make it to the closest sensor in about nine hours. So here's our ticking clock for the episode. Yep. That was a lot more time than I expected her to say, actually. When she was like, okay, I think we could go a mile every 15 minutes. So we have nine hours ahead of us. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 Because that that would be like four miles an hour and they have to go like 20 to 25 miles. Yeah. But that should only be five hours, five or six hours. It shouldn't be nine. Unless unless she's calculating in time to like stop and rest. Because, you know, they have to carry Elliot and stuff. Right. But yeah. It's, yeah, no, that shouldn't be nine hours. I don't know, but it was a long time. Yeah. Daniel tells one of the other slaves up on the space station that Lord Yu wishes to meet with Osiris. He then calls Jacob to tell him about the attack on Ravana that is likely happening right now. Okay, Jacob's coming in. Daniel's like, nope, I have a new plan. He's going to hijack use cargo ship because he can... Ship? Use <laughs> ship. Not your ship. You get it. We got to get at these jokes while we can. <laughs> get them all out. Yeah. Um, because he can fly out through the shield without, like, having to take it down to allow somebody in so they wouldn't be alerting the other system lords that something's happening. And um, he's also going to kidnap Sarah because his thinking is that Osiris can lead them to Anubis and then the Chokra can get Osiris out of Sarah. So... Because that's a perfect plane with no flaws whatsoever. Yep. There's mm-hmm. no way anything could go wrong. Nope. It's going to 100% succeed. Exactly yes. as Daniel thinks. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You comes across Kyle in a corridor and asks where Jaren is. And Kyle doesn't know. But then he decides to tell you that Jaren cannot be trusted. So he also pronounces ball as bal, I think. Did he? He, he pronounced it differently than ball, and I'm pretty sure it was bal. But I, I thought think... it, it it struck me odd that he didn't say ball, because we always say ball. Okay. But he pronounced I it other, not... other than. I didn't notice, so I cannot say. I'm just saying. Okay. I trust you. I just presume I did not notice. <laughs> Kyle said it differently. Yes. Okay. So Osiris enters you enters use cargo ship and she doesn't see anybody, so she kind of heads to like look in the cargo hold. Daniel jumps out and locks her in. You then comes into the cargo ship, tosses Daniel aside, opens the cargo hold, gets stabbed by Osiris, 
Daniel tries to get to the escape pods, but Osiris manages to stop him. She, like, basically, like, has him by the throat and, like, has him bent over that, like, central console thing and says, How unfortunate that Lord Yu could not trust his slave. Each was mortally wounded in the fight as the slave attempted to kill his master. So she's going to kill them both and make it look like they attacked each other. Daniel then talks to Sarah and is like, Sarah, it's me, Daniel. Stop trying to kill me, please. <laughs> like, you're in there somewhere. Stop, please. Please, help. Yeah, but and, how effective would that really be if she is still under the effect of that stuff that makes her think that he's somebody else completely? Yeah, like, how like, long does that take to, like, wear off? Can you just, like, shake it off? I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, it it seems to work a little bit because she does get slightly distracted. And you can see she kind of blinks and is like, what? What's, ha- what's going on? What? Um, and that gives you the chance to like pull her off of Daniel. They Me? fight over. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, they fight over the dagger. Daniel manages to get into one of the escape pods. Osiris gets away from you. Me? Lord, you. <laughs> I can't, I can't stop Daniel. <laughs> Skate pod gets launched. Jacob sees it and is like, I hope that's you, Daniel. Daniel's like, is me. Get me out of this thing. So Jacob's on his way. Then we get a quick cut back to Ravana where Elliot's like, Sam, I should tell you how to reprogram the sensor. Which, yes, that would be good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Jacob manages to nab Daniel's escape pod and he's safe. And just the way, like, the, the escape pod, like, gets ringed in vertically and that kind of hangs there for oh, a and just, just like, flops over. <laughs> falls yep. over. I don't, it just, it makes me laugh every time. I don't know why. Know. It's so dumb. But you know what's funny about the pod, though, I noticed when they open it up, like, they didn't, they didn't program, or uh, program, they didn't make it with, like, any controls or mechanisms or any life support looking devices on the inside of it. It really is just, uh, like, a cabinet. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> or, yeah. There's nothing on the inside of it whatsoever. So you kind of think, like, oh, <laughs> how was he supposed to get himself out of there? at all or live or i don't know there's nothing in it yeah (laughs) should be at least a button you know open something no buttons no levers no nothing yeah so funny yeah so Daniel tells Jacob like what happened and asks about getting back to Ravana and according to Jacob it should take about six hours and hopefully they won't be too late also Daniel thinks he might know why the Gould population hasn't been growing Fun to think about that again. Mm-hmm. Um, back on Ravana, they found the sensor. Yay! Yay! Up on Zippy's ship, they've detected a cargo ship exiting hyperspace, but it immediately cloaked. Zippy orders gliders to scan the atmosphere and shoot it down. He then asks about if they found the survivors, and no, they haven't found them yet. And so Zippy is very annoyed, tells his first prime to join the search. And if he can't find them, like the formula for the poison or somebody who can tell him about the poison, then he shouldn't bother returning. Mm. Zippy's getting frustrated. Yep. In Jacob's cargo ship, they get the original message to stay away. And Jacob's like, okay, we should go. Then down on the surface, Sam finishes reprogramming the sensor and Jacob gets the new signal, which is an SOS. So it's like, that's got to be them. It's got to be SG-1, Sam, Jack, somebody. They need to go find out. So as the ship enters the atmosphere, it starts getting fired on from the gliders. They manage to take out the cloaking device. Power gets diverted to the shields, but they are going down. And Tilk spots the cargo ship as it like hurdles through space. They crash through trees. (laughs) 
He points it out like so happy to like, look, there it is. You see this giant smoke stream coming from it. <laughs> well, also Christopher Judge, I think, had like two lines in this episode. Oh, yeah. and what's the thing he says when he only has two lines? Indeed. What? what? No, no. That, wasn't there like an inside joke of like, oh, you mentioned it way back when oh, for an episode he Reed. only okay. had Yes. The Kellner Ream was basically invented because Christopher Judge kept like kind of falling asleep in scenes where he was in but didn't have any lines. So that, no, that's, wait, that's no. the Kellner Ream. There was isn't a, it? No, there was something else where like there was an episode where he had like two whole lines in the whole episode and like the one thing he did say was just ridiculous so you mentioned at the time that it was an inside joke that any other occasion where he only had like two lines he would just say that line oh god yeah well i know what was it it's probably from like season two yeah and it's a reference to like something in a report or something because it was a scene in the briefing room crap i know yeah i don't know anyway yeah I forget. Crap! That was so long ago, I've forgotten. I don't oh, know. That's okay. You'll remember it at a really inappropriate time. Of course I will, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, like, the cargo ship, um, like, crashes through trees, bounces off a hill, comes to a stop, like, sort of nose first into the ground. Jack orders Sam to stay with Elliot while he and Tilk take off towards the crash. And this was kind of a fun discussion in the commentary this scene, because, so... They actually did this with with models, like miniatures. So, like, the cargo ship crashing through the trees was, like, model work. So, hmm. which is fun, because that's not used a lot, really, anymore. Um, and also, Robert Cooper, who wrote this, he's also one of the producers. And when he was talking to the special effects teams about what he wanted that, like, how he wanted this scene to be shot, they were like, but that's expensive. He's like, but this is what I want. <laughs> So like the like where they're like actually inside the sh- inside the cargo ship as it's crashing and the specific shots he wanted of everything so they're like okay so what the producer wants the producer gets mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of funny. Uh, so inside the cargo ship, uh, Daniel and Jacob are kind of knocked out, a little banged up, but like they'll they'll be okay eventually. And Daniel makes a comment about the lack of seatbelts. Which, yep. yes, yep, mm-hmm, everybody's thinking it, somebody had to say it, yep. Yep, and um, this is the cut where you mentioned before where he takes off his armband and just tucks it across the room. Yeah, he just, yeah, he's like, don't wear this stupid thing. Yep. Um, so Jack and Tilk meet them on the path, and sadly the cargo ship is kaput. And they make it back to where Sam and Elliot are waiting, and it's like, okay, so what now? They'll never be able to make it to the gate. Daniel does still have the poison, but there's not enough to like be able to release it where they are and have it reach the gate. So Elliot's like, leave it with me. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you guys hide. The Jaffa will find me. I'll tell them that I know the formula to the poison so that they'll take him back to the gate and he'll set off the poison there, taking out as many like Jaffa as he can. And Lantash also comes out to speak and assures them that this is the best option. Like he, both Lantash and Elliot are way too injured. He can't save either of them, but he can save Sam. Hmm. Jack is concerned about Elliot, but he speaks up and agrees that, like, yes, this is this is the best plan. And, you know, if they stay, then just everybody will die. So that's going to be the plan. And I don't, I, I 
don't fully believe that Jack leave no man behind O'Neill is okay with this plan. I really don't think. Yeah. I, I, I don't quite believe it. I just, especially I young rookie kid on his first mission. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 There's then a weirdly touching moment between Elliot and Sam and like Lantash is happy now that Sam knows how he felt and she'll never forget either of them. And it's like, were they starting to, were they, like, were there starting to be feelings between like Elliot and Sam? Cause that's just kind of weird. I don't know. Feelings crossed over all over. I don't know. I mean, when there's multiple beings living in one body, things just get messy. I guess. Yes. So things just overlap. Yeah. They, they also talk in the commentary that a large part of this story was like Amanda had been sort of harping and complaining that there was never really closure for Sam about like the whole Martouf situation. So this was really to let that happened like let there be an actual goodbye and like closure mm-hmm. to that relationship so yeah, true yep uh so we hear a glider fly overhead time to go as she one heads out with jacob leaving elliot behind looking yeah, a little scared but like determined and we hear that jaffa horn and the sounds of footsteps approaching and, th- and that that's it and that's, that's it. it that's, that's it. it it just stops that is all we get yes so do we do we want to speculate about what happened next and how it went down and how they got back home? Because we have no idea. Um, well, considering the show went on, I'm going to say the plan was successful. Okay. Do we want to assume it went off without a hitch? I would say there were probably some because I don't think all of the Jaffa would have been around the gates. There may have been like straggler Jaffa in the woods that they like ran into at some point that they had to take out mm. maybe. And then my other question would just be, is like Zipakna able to detect any of like what's happening down on the surface? Like when he or doesn't just like, why didn't anybody come back? Why is, why is nobody back? And then he like gets down there and it's all over and done. And it's just like all the hundreds of dead Jaffa down on the planet he's like well shit like well i told him not to come back without the formula (laughs) so So, they have served they have died for me well yes i guess oh yeah how well that's a question how long do you think it would have taken him to notice yeah yeah Yeah, that is like did he try calling them on the radio did he just send more jaffa down there then the poison was still there so all of those jaffa died because yeah. they they would have had to wait for the poison to be dissipated so that um, Tilk and Jacob could make it to the gate. Because the poison would have killed Tilk and Jacob, too. So yeah. They never really talk about the radius of the no. poison, do they? No, not really. No. Especially in, like, open, open yeah. air. Yeah. Because, I mean, the- when Jacob is first talking about it, he... He describes it, what, as, like, it's powerful enough to kill everybody in this base multiple times over, right? So there's there's really? enough. There's enough in the vial to kill. So even though the vial itself is small, that's that little amount is enough to kill everybody in the base several times over. Right. So but Yeah, it doesn't really describe the, the spread. Yeah. And being out and in the open, if there's the- wind... And it blows, you know, the poison away from some Jaffa. Maybe there's a whole squadron of Jaffa that, you know, were behind the poison, <laughs> you know, like the wind mm-hmm. blew it that way. And other Jaffa were back there. So they didn't get the poison. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wish we had more of an actual resolution 
to this episode. And it's never spoken of again. Well, maybe they were like finishing the storyline with any action scenes included is way too expensive given the other things you wanted to do in this episode. So we're going to make it artsy. Yeah. We're going to make it a choose your own adventure. Yes. And we're just going to have Elliot's face. Yeah. Close it out. It's very possible. Yes. We're like, the script may go on for three more pages, but the show does not. Because we can't afford to. (laughs) (sighs) That one sounds good. And somebody along the way was like, oh, no, this is good. Yeah. This is is art. I mean, it is a very evocative shot. I got to say, Courtney, Mm -hmm. the actor, his name is Courtney. Like, he's fantastic. Fantastic. He's good. Oh, He's oh, absolutely. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. He deserves that last shot. Yes, he worked he it. Mm-hmm. He did. He he milked that for all it was worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay. So that's the end then. And it's never discussed again. No. I mean, they mentioned, they talk about like the decimation of the Toker population, but like that's it. Yeah. Whenever this gets discussed, it's always just about how many Toker died, but that's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Poo. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway. But I liked it. Yeah, me too. Summit Last Stand. Two of my favorites. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so episode title Last Stand. So, according to Wikipedia, I, I wanted to get like the definition of Last Stand to see if it works. So, a Last Stand is a military situation in which a body of troops holds a defensive position in the face of overwhelming and virtually insurmountable odds. True. So, so is are they talking about like Elliot making the last stand or like who, who, like who is making the last stand? Do you think in, in this episode? Ah, uh, Elliot, I, I would think it would be yeah. also the Togro. Okay. Because they did in fact fight to the end or, you know, gave it, died for their cause as it were. So yeah. True. Okay. Okay. Elliot slash the Togro. Yeah. Also you. Stop <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> And we do see Lord You again, so we're going to have more You jokes in future episodes. Stay tuned. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so we actually have, like, lots of fun foreign territory titles this week. Really? Yes. Oh, I do have to say, first of all, I got the French translation wrong last week because I had kind of forgot to do that. It was kind of like, oh, crap, I need to look that up before we start recording. And, like, the website I get it from trans like has the translation of it, but I was like, that doesn't look right, but I didn't have time to, like, look it up. So uh, the French title of last week's should be No Exit, not oh. um, whatever it was that was like, that didn't really make any sense. Um oh. What did I say last week's was? Hold on. Let me find that real quick. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was like deadlock or something. Yeah, deadlock. I'm like, that doesn't work. That doesn't make any sense. So mm. it should be it should be no exit because it's they had they titled it no exit part one and no exit part two. Oh, they didn't title it no exit and then emergency exit. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just no exit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, in Italian, it was called final escape. Okay. In Spanish, it, this was the ultimate battle. In Czech, it was the last fight. In Hungarian, the last refuge. And in German, again, the Germans just cutting straight to the punch. 
Elliot's major mission. <laughs> That's funny. They just they no, just cut and cut right. No to extreme it. measures. Nope. <laughs> not not because this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does that does work for this week too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Extreme measures. Yep. Uh, um before we wrap up, we have an email. We do. We do. Uh this is from Jason. Hi, Jason. Um, let's see. He says, hi, I started listening to the podcast a couple weeks ago and have just caught up to the season three recap. Loving it. Thanks. Oh, so nice. Hey, thank you. Uh, so I have some comments on some of the past episodes. Forgive me if some of these have been addressed since then. So oh, first, we've in- forgotten anyway. Don't worry about it. I'm, yeah, I'm sure we've forgotten what we said before. So we'll, we'll say it again here. <laughs> uh, so First, in season one or early season two, you guys were wondering why we don't see more cultures that use an iris-type device slash bury the gate. The first thought I had was, well, if they buried the gate, then SG-1 wouldn't be able to go there. <laughs> oh, LOL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, for the episode Learning Curve, I have a few thoughts. So Learning Curve is that episode with the children who get, like, the nanites, and then they, like, ah, take yes. them out of the brain and give them to the adults. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I have a few thoughts. The first is on the timeline. You commented that it didn't seem like 40 years was enough time for them to have established the system or something like that. But it kind of makes sense. It means that this is only the first or second generation of people that had received the nanites as their form of education. So there would be very little secondary skills added, such as play. The, this generation was probably stunted because the first generation of Orban children were probably kept very isolated and kept in more of a laboratory setting if they were the first ones. You also wondered if Orban children had to learn each skill from scratch. My thought was that this culture doesn't use schools to teach its citizens, so Orban children are apprentices to the current masters in each of their respective skills, like doctors, engineers, etc. And what they learn is then given to the next generation of people who would be doctors, engineers, and so on. So they aren't learning everything from scratch. So that's hmm. about learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I could buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the generational perspective of of how long they would have been at this and what that meant for generations of learning. Yeah. It does, That's it does an interesting seem... thought. I like that. Yeah. Also for foothold, which that's that one where there's those weird aliens with like the bug head that like take over the SGC. Yeah. Uh, also, for foothold, my hopeful headcanon is that the aliens could not keep a mental connection with the people they were mim- mimicking over light years without an active wormhole. So it's my belief that they brought SG-6 with them, and they were some of the people on level 23. Because that was, like, they oh. came back already disguised as an SG team, and, were, and, and we were like, is that team still out there? Like, what happened to the original, the actual people? Mm-hmm. So, yes. That's true. Yeah. I remember is that most of that we were very fascinated by the wardrobe downloads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the wardrobe yeah. options for their disguises. Yeah. <laughs> we that were was... very hung up on that, as we should have been, because it's important. It is important. But no, that's a good thought, too, is maybe they brought them back with them somehow. Somehow. To or... remain disguised and or connected. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I like it. Me, too. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening to my opinions about stuff you talked about a couple years ago and have probably forgotten, Jason. Well, thank you you for listening, Jason. And thanks for writing in. Um, Yeah. So, good stuff. Thanks. That's cool. Write in any time. Yes. Please continue sending in your thoughts. 
on things that we talk about because we like it. <laughs> Yay. It is really yeah. fun when people actually email us. Yes. Yes. Yay. People talking to us and, and listening. Okay. So any final thoughts about Last Stand slash Summit and Last Stand two-parter? Just this one. I, we, we know I like it. Do you like it? Yes. I think you I said. Do. Sad the rookie is dying on his I, first mission. He's never spoken of again. Nope. Yeah. Mm. Poor Lieutenant Elliot. It's kind of like the opposite. You know how they always have that cliche where someone's like, I'm retiring tomorrow. And then, and then they're always like the cop who gets killed when they're, you know, three days yeah. away from retirement. So it's always like the other end of the spectrum of like the rookie dies on his first mission. And you're like, yeah. no, it's oh. over before it started. Yeah. Mm. Sad. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on discord, please check the link in the show notes, or you can send us an email at woo. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for fail safe. from a new listener a new one yes. oh my god we might be over 10 listeners i think so we had how wait how many downloads did we have last month like the number was huge i think it was like the most we've had in a month like ever we had we had 1278 downloads last month what i know kind of amazing i know 13,937, like, all time. That's amazing. I know. I, I still remain very fascinated that people find us consistently entertaining. I know. <laughs> I guess we're doing something okay. You should put this bit as an Easter egg at the end. <laughs> Hi to our 10 fans. We love you. Thank you. Hi to the 10 people that are listening to us every time. Please keep going and tell your two friends. <laughs> and so they can tell two friends. And they tell two friends. And so on. Yeah. And so on. Okay. Pretty soon we'll have millions of listeners. Yes. Yay. And then world domination. Aha. And by the time we get to the Stargate spinoffs, we'll have 15 listeners. Which will be here before you know it. That's coming <laughs> soon. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. yep. Okay. Already. Let's do it.